everybody and Merry Christmas because we're still recording this in the octave of Christmas, eight days of Christmas fun. Hope you had a wonderful time and we're getting ready for the new year. So I don't know if it's already 2021 when you're listening to this or still 2020. No matter what time it is, welcome to the show. And this entire year has been brought to you thanks to my patrons over on patreon.com slash fatherodrick. They are my community of supporters that, with the small micropayments every month, make it possible for me to do these shows, to expand my work, and to do the streams, and etc., etc. Uh, plus, it's a wonderful community of friends. Uh, we can chat almost on a daily basis on the Discord server that people get access to when they join the patrons. And that has been growing tremendously this past year it is a very very cool community so if you have still the possibility because this year has been very testing for many of you but if you can and you want to support me in the next year take a look at patreon.com slash father roderick i would love to welcome you to the community you know what's going on this is what's happening in your world they said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. What a week this was. <laughs> I'm exhausted. It was really, I, you know, right before Christmas, and I think I've mentioned this before in one of the other shows, right before Christmas, our country goes into a straight lockdown. So all of a sudden, all... Public masses were canceled on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve! Ah! However, there's always an upside to any downside, right? So it meant that my regular mass was canceled, and I could do an international mass and stream it. And that was a ton of fun. It was a beautiful uh, mass. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it touched the hearts of, of all of us who were present, either physically or uh, through digital means. So that, to me, was the highlight of the year, to be able to celebrate that with this online community. was wonderful. Then the next day, I had a parish mass. The day after that, I had a parish mass. And the day after that, I had a parish mass. And then I just couldn't do the international mass anymore. Uh, I was so tired that we had to cancel. Uh, I was wiped out. And it was a stark reminder of the fact that I'm still recovering, even though you may not be able to tell from my voice, or if you're watching the live stream, uh, you can't see from the outside what my situation is. But um, oftentimes when I work, I need a lot of recovery. Right now my um, occupational therapist has told me to work for two hours and then take at least 20 minutes of complete rest. So no no interference with that at all. I can't use my phone. I should not have sound. I have to close my eyes. Uh, just to lower the the stimuli because my system still is in shock after COVID. And I've had COVID in September. So, <laughs> and it's only when I kind of slowly build up that my body will gradually calm down and and, you know, stop the red alert that it is currently in. Um, It has meant that I had to take some very difficult decisions, uh, cut back on almost everything that I do. And you know that I always, I I have a lot of ideas and I used to have a lot of energy, but that's always been 
you know, a good thing, but right now it has made me trip because I was going full speed, um, whereas my dilithium was almost completely gone, <laughs> to use a Star Trek uh, metaphor or analogy. Um, so I took some decisions. There was also the biggest decision uh, was communicated yesterday, and it was a shock for many people that follow me here locally, and that was that I've decided to, well, decided, the bishop has decided to um, completely free me up for media work. So I was already working for 80% in uh, national and international media, and but I was still serving the two parishes here for 20% of my time. Um, the bishop, after I requested it earlier this year, has decided to free me up completely, 100%. And I've also decided to stop the parish assistance. So I was still celebrating masses in, you know, all over the place. Um, but I've learned in this, especially after getting COVID, that I just I can't do everything that I was doing. Um, I, I need to somehow create more margin, uh, give myself a little bit more air in a certain way so that I can truly focus on my core task. Uh, one of the things that, uh, my, that I've learned in therapy is right now I'm in this period of, of, of um, recovery. I have to cut, a, cut off everything that's not essential. So that made me think, well, you know, my bishop has now wants me to work full-time in the media to focus not just on podcasting and television, but also, of course, on this streaming, the international mass, etc. If that is the only essential thing that I'm supposed to do, that my bishop wants me to do, then assisting in all these parish churches is, even though it's very important, and I love doing it, but it is part now of non-essential things. There are two other priests that are tasked to do that. So I took the difficult decision to um, step back from the parish, and that was communicated yesterday. So a lot of people are, of course, uh, kind of like, what? Um, and it was also, well, in some places it was communicated as if I was leaving the parish. Well, if it's up to me, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I celebrate the International Mass here in the Saint Church of St. Joseph's. So, and, and that is always open to parishioners. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not gone. The only thing that could happen, and this is a real possibility, is that the parish, the current people that are in charge of the parish, want me to leave the premises, leave this house. Uh, and then I'm absolutely certain that I won't find another space to stay in this city because there are waiting lists as if everybody wants to live here um and i've never been on on any list so that would basically basically if, if they want me to leave this uh this rectory i have no place to go in this city so then i would have to move to i don't know another part of the of the country or maybe in another country altogether i don't know uh, i have no i have not given it any thought uh, but that would also mean that I couldn't continue the international mass here, and I, of course, bring it along. Uh, the only thing I need is an internet connection. But it would, I think, uh, that would be a big blow, I think, to the the work that I'm currently doing. I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. Um, the negotiations have just begun. They're not easy. Um, but, well, 
I'm still hoping for the best. Let's put it that way. And no matter what happens, I will always be there for you. I, that's the advantage of having also kind of a digital parish. Uh, it doesn't really matter where I am in the world. I've, I've been, before I started recording this show, I was chatting with the chat room and it was kind of bringing up memories from trips that I did in the past. And, you know, I've been basically recording video and audio in, 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 in any place in the world. It really didn't matter. And I just bring people along. But, of course, preferably I'd like to stay here because I build up so much and a lot of the people that I work with live here. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. If, it is, if it's up to me, I'm not going anywhere. But, unfortunately, in life, it's not always up to me. And then you have to roll with the punches. So this has been a, a pretty... I couldn't talk about it. I was not allowed to talk about this upcoming change on January 1st. So if you've listened to my show, The Walk, you may... If, in hindsight, if you go and re-listen, then you probably will know what I'm talking about. But I just could only talk in like general vague terms uh, about the situation. But it's been a, a real struggle uh, and, and difficult to discern what I needed to do uh, and so because these are big steps I've been here for a long time and you kind of settle into your routine and I was very happy with the way things went however the digital part of my ministry the media part was growing bigger and bigger and bigger and especially during this year of COVID uh, and the corona crisis it became like I don't know so much work just impossible to combine with uh, with parish with a job in a parish, so it was tough. You you have to uh, acknowledge your limitations. I'm not Superman, <laughs> and then especially when I got sick and I noticed, well, I've even less energy than before. You got to make some hard choices, and it's scary. Making big choices is very unsettling. And so a lot in me, in myself, was resisting the change. And so I was trying to come up with ways to maybe still do everything. And then there was just this hard, this moment that I realized, like, no, I can't. I really should choose to focus on my vocation, right, my mission right now. And that is media. And it's not just media. It's it's my life as a priest in this world of media. And there was one newspaper that, that was writing about this saying, well, Father Roderick stops his pastoral tasks. Like, no way, absolutely not. I, I guess that I think that my life now is even more pastoral than it could be in the parish. Because I'm, I'm, I hopefully am a little bit of a shepherd for, for people all over the world. The community that follows me on, online is a hundred times, if not more, bigger than the community that, that I reach going from church to church. So instead of becoming less of a priest, I think I'm going to be even more of a priest. But some, most people, well, most people, there are a lot of people that identify the work of a priest with parish work. So as soon as I say, well, I'm going to stop the parish work, so you're no longer going to be a priest. No, I never said that. <laughs> it's like being a priest is like being a mother of a father. You don't stop being a mother and fa or a father when your child leaves the house and starts his or her own life. You, you will be a mother and a father for the rest of eternity. 
Well, that's the same thing with priests. It is a state, and you can be a priest. A, a priest is a shepherd. A shepherd is where the flock is. Where is the flock right now? A, a few sheep are in the church. Most of the flock is like running around in the fields and getting attacked by wolves and in danger, etc., and lost. And You need to be there as a priest, I think. So that's what I do. But, oh well. Anyway... This is um, this is what's going on right now in my life. Uh, New Year's Eve is coming along. Uh, here in the Netherlands, we eat olibollen, which is uh, some kind of like donut with uh, with powdered sugar, and it's just as unhealthy as donuts. But we tell ourselves that it's tradition, so we can eat unlimited quantities. I've already eaten like four or five of those uh, donut balls, or I don't know. There's no English term for them. To this morning so i guess uh <laughs> there's gonna be more of me in 2021 that's for sure <laughs> i do not like movies they're predictable like the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and darth vader is luke's father not liking movies is like not liking puppies they're fine i just get bored and never make it to the end you know you need a movie education you need a movication i'm gonna give it to you all right, it is time to talk about movies and TV shows. And uh, we just got an, another person uh, entering the chat room from France. Bonjour, bonsoir, bienvenue. Malheureusement, je parle pas en français maintenant. So, but I was saying that I don't speak French right now because I'm doing my show in English. But that person wanted to know what my thoughts were about the last episode of the second season of The Mandalorian. Well, I happen to have posted my reaction on... That was that was filmed by Henk, who is also the sacristan and the acolyte during many of the international masses. He filmed me while I was watching those sequences. I'm not going to talk spoilers, so don't worry. Um, and that was a genuine reaction. I was actually even kind of restraining myself a little bit because there were other people in the room, but normally I'd probably be bouncing through the room. Uh <laughs> like a piece of fireworks it was it was fantastic it was unbelievable i mean that gave me so much faith in the future of star wars faith that by the way i've never lost i'm not cynical about star wars never been you know me i like anything star wars i just can't put myself in a negative mode when star wars is involved i i love it all so but, but I love it even more now that we've seen what they can do with just one TV show, let alone what they're going to do with all the other shows that are, you know, uh, waiting for us in, in the upcoming years. It's going to be a, an amazing, amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. I'm so happy that I get to, get to live and experience this. As a child, as a huge Star Wars fan, as a, like a 12-year-old, I could have never thought, never dreamed that, I would, that one day, you know, as an adult, I, I would live in this world where there's more Star Wars than I can even find time for to watch. I still have to watch Star Wars Rebels, for instance. Oh well. But anyway, I don't want to talk about Star more. I don't want to talk more about Star Wars. If you want to see my reaction, just go to my YouTube page, Father Roderick, and then you will see um, what uh, what what my thoughts were. Um, I want to talk about Wonder Woman because that is one of the few movies. That was premiering in this corona year. As you know, most box office uh, movies were moved over to the next year. 
and there's no Star Wars. There's, you know, a lot of the superhero movies were postponed. Um, we've got, uh, what else was, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Um, quite a few Marvel movies, I think, were also moved over to next year. Uh, anyway. But Wonder Woman, 1984, was premiering. I didn't watch the entire movie yet, but I watched part of it. And it's glorious. Oh, my gosh, that is such a fun movie. It's so well done. And it feels like the first thing I, I noticed was like, this feels like the blockbusters from my youth. When I was in, in high school, secondary school, all movies were like, well, all movies, the movies that I loved were like this. And it is such a refreshing, optimistic, fun action movie. It, it's got a heart. It's got great, a great vibe. The pacing is fantastic. I wasn't a, a, like a, a, a big fan of the first Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I don't know what it is. There was, I, I thought it was okay. It was entertaining. But I, especially the ending, I felt like, I don't know. It's not the best. It's not the best uh, movie that I've seen, you know, in the in the DC universe. But um, but I liked it all right, and I was happy to to read that there was going to be a sequel. Well, this one is amazing, and I'm gonna give a full review maybe in a YouTube video or at one point. But uh, right now, I still want to finish everything. But highly recommend it if you are able and if it's safe to watch it in a movie in a in a theater. By all means, do it. But it's also available digitally on certain platforms. So maybe you'll have to look around a little bit in your country wh where you can watch the movie. But um, wow, I think it's going to be a, a big hit. Probably still not. You can't compare it with you know pre-COVID times. But I think they will do pretty well. And I think they already greenlit. They have greenlighted, I should say, uh, a third sequel uh, because they were you know, happy with the results. Can you imagine what this movie would have done had we not have, did we not have this COVID situation? It may have been one of the most successful movies of the year. Uh, what else have I been watching? I am like racing. I'm binge watching The Big Bang Theory because it's going to leave Netflix tomorrow. And tomorrow in this current time is going to be New Year's Eve. Um, there is also Big Bang Theory on Prime Video, I think, in the Netherlands. But I'm not sure if they have all the seasons. So I don't want to take any risks. I love the Big Bang Theory. So I'm going to try to finish that. Um, I've also, I still have to watch a few more episodes of the last season of Game of Thrones. But I won't be able to finish that in, the, in this year. And... Uh, what else have I been watching? Well, of course, Star Trek uh, Discovery, which um, I've talked about this season of Discovery. started off really promising, and I have to say it's really not very good right now. At least, well, it's good, but it's not very well written. And I get so tired of all the, you know, gratuitous emotion that is not deserved, that is... There is, like, every, every time at one point during each episode, I'm like, okay, they're going to cry again. And yeah, they're going to cry. <sighs> it's just not very good. It, I'm very disappointed in this uh, season of, of Discovery. And I wanted it to be good. And I love what they try to do, 
It's just not very well executed. It seems to me like they spent so much money on the special effects and on the quality-wise. It's the best-looking Star Trek that we've ever had. But script-writing-wise, oh my gosh. It's really not good. Just my two cents. If you love it, I'm not... I don't, I don't want to insult you, but it's just not, it's not working for me. Anywho, um, is there anything else that I watched? No, that, that was about it. So let's move on to the next segment and visit the Peculiar Bunch. <laughs> Catholics rock! Here is the Peculiar Bunch. It is... Uh, these weird Catholics with all their traditions and strange customs. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? And this is the place where I try to answer your questions, and they can be anything. Um, I, I don't always have the answers, but if I have, I share them with you. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. I just love this jingle. My brother composed this jingle when I started podcasting. It's, I don't know, 15 years old. This is old digital orchestra. I still love it. I I should ask him to do some more. Um, anyway, oh, speaking about my brother, his, his son, his oldest son, Mauritz, has just started his YouTube channel. He won a contest, and uh, the prize was that, th- that this big gaming company would completely redo his room and turn it into like the perfect gamer's heaven and so now he's got this fantastic looking room with led lights everywhere and they also gifted him this (laughs) superb computer like the best of the best and so he started his uh, minecraft uh youtube channel and it's so fun to see the next generation I, i i remember baptizing that little fellow and now he's 18 years old and he's doing this amazing stuff on YouTube. And of course, way more, you know, connected to what young people want to watch than I am. But I'm proud. I'm really proud. I'll link to his channel in the in the show notes. If, uh, if you're into uh, Minecraft, you may want to subscribe. <laughs> it's very Minecraft. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not what I do, but it's, it's pretty good, I think. Uh, what else? How, why, uh, why was I talking about this? I don't know. Anyway, today I want to answer a few questions. The first one was asked was asked in the chat room, and that was if I could recommend a good book of philosophy for someone who is interested in philosophy but doesn't know where to start. Well, I would say definitely do not start with Hegel. <laughs> uh, you know, take it easy. Take it like a general introduction to philosophy. That That's already good. Um there is this uh, Charlotte's um, Secret, or what was the title of this book? I think it's a Danish book. Uh, let me look that up real quickly. Philosophy. Ah, this microphone is always in the way. Philosophy book for children. What was it again? I can't find a chat room. Come to my rescue. Why can't I find this? Actually, it's not written for children. I think it was Charlotte's Web, maybe? Charlotte's Web. I think it's called Charlotte's Web. No, Sophie's 
Sophie's World. Sorry about this. I get my categories confused all the time. So it's called Sophie's World. If you want to get a good introduction into the world of philosophy, read Sophie's World. It's a narrative. So it's it's a it's a fantastical story, but it does a very good job giving you kind of the giving you an idea what philosophy is about. The second thing I'm going to recommend to you is not a book. It is a television series, and it's called The Good Place. The Good Place, I've already reviewed the series many times here on the show. The Good Place is a television series that takes place in the afterlife. So these people die, and they think they're in heaven, but actually it's something different. But there's a lot of philosophy explained and also illustrated by the stories in uh, in The Good Place. Uh, highly recommended. Very, very, very good introduction into philosophy. It, it won't give you, of course, much information, but it gives you a sens sensibility for what philosophy is about and which questions philosophy deals with. And it's very broad, of course. And then the last recommendation that I have, if you want to kind of dive into philosophy, and philosophy, of course, it, why do I talk about it here on The Peculiar Bunch? Philosophy is a very important kind of cornerstone of of theology as well. So philosophy is all about what you can with what you can think through using reason. And then of course theology is based on revelation. Revelation is the name suggests is something that is revealed to you, something you cannot get to using reason alone. But it doesn't mean that theology doesn't use, you know, logical thinking, etc., and, and doesn't have a method. It's very methodical. It is a science, but it's not a science like an empirical science. You cannot, it's not like mathematics or, or physics or whatever, but it still uses very rigorous scientific uh, thinking and scientific methods. So that in that sense, theology and philosophy are sciences because they use scientific methods to reason and to think. And I think it's much more important how you think than what you think, uh, by the way. Anyway, uh, so philosophy is a very important, kind of, you could say, stepping stone, but that, that kind of degrades the value of philosophy. But philo anyone who wants to become a priest also not only studies theology, but also philosophy. Um, I majored in philosophy, so I'm... Uh, I've got my master's degree in philosophy. I did that when I was still young, like from the age of 18 to 22. I um, graduated on uh, the works of Edith Stein. Um, so metaphysics, basically. Um, and then I continued with theology. Um, and to me, it always felt like these two belong together. Anyway, so if you want to read a book, I would refer you to uh, Bishop Barron. Um, his ministry, Word on Fire, is has a lot of philosophical elements. I'm not sure if he's ever written a book, but I'm, I know he was a, a philosophy teacher, among other things. So uh, that was where I that's where I would take a look and see if you can find some recommendations there. Then there was another question about what is a good introduction to Bible studies. And uh, I have a recommendation for that as well. Actually, there is a podcast that will start... January the 1st, for free, by the person that I want to recommend you check out. The person is Jeff Cavins. I met him once at a religious conference, and he does the Catholic Bible study. Uh, and one of his most famous 
series is called The Great Adventure, A Journey Through the Bible. Um, you can look it up on Amazon. If you do, by the way, use the affiliate link on the page, on the Father Roderick page. That way you will support the ministry. Uh, that is true for also if you buy a car on Amazon, if you can go through the link on Father Roderick. Thank you. <laughs> but um, The Great Adventure, it's the best series. They aired it on EWTN. Uh, I only caught a few episodes, but I was mesmerized. Like, this is the best thing I've ever heard about the Bible. It's such a great uh, teacher. But he also, he helps you see the bigger picture of all these biblical stories. It's a very Catholic way of reading the Bible, but I mean that in a positive way. <laughs> so it's always not just looking at this or that biblical story, but always seeing the context and to seeing the fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament in Jesus. And But he does it in a very I, I just respectable way. So it's not cheap cheap biblical studies like oh but this story in the old testament makes me think of that story with jesus now it's like this is what the bible is all about it is connecting the old and the new testament connecting the life of jesus and everything that preceded it as working towards the ultimate revelation in jesus himself so uh, but he, this guy jeff cavins wonderful friendly person by the way he um he is going to do a podcast that I think is called, also called The Great Adventure. Someone posted uh, the title, I think, in the chat. But that was about half an hour ago. Let me see if I can quickly find that. Um, probably not. But anyway, look for Jeff Cavins uh, podcast. I'm sure that will you'll find a link to that. But highly, highly recommended. Um. The Gold Camps uh, in the chat says Formed is a website that also has some great content, but also my recommendations are are good. So check it out. That's it for uh, the Peculiar Bunch. And now to the main course. When did course. you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? It's time for my segment about thermonuclear physics. I love to say, no, I'm just kidding. This is the book section. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, I have a ton of books that I want to talk about because I've been catching up on my book reading challenge and I never thought that I would get this far. Like I started this year with the, the, the project of reading one book every week. And for the first few months, actually I was able to do that and I enjoyed it so much. I've never read a book a week since I was in high school. I was a, 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 a total book addict. And then I had to read a lot of books for study. And then I kind of lost my drive to read because I was associating reading with work. Um, and so I started to consume a lot of visual media and audio, a lot of podcasts and watching TV and movies, etc. But I kind of missed reading. And so this challenge has brought me back to enjoying books, and I've read a ton of them this year. And so these past few weeks, while I was kind of recovering from COVID, I had to calm down, and one way to, to get me away from the screens is by reading. So I did a lot of listening to audiobooks while walking, and I did a lot of just reading on my Kindle. Um, and so 
I'm now at book 51. No, actually, I'm reading book 52 of my list of 52 books that I was supposed to read this year. The last book, I, I, I wondered, so what's the last book I'm going to read in 2020? And then I immediately thought the last book should be Star Wars. It should, well, not the Star Wars book, but it should be a Star Wars book. And so I picked the book that I that was number one on my Star Wars reading list, and that was The Lost Stars, um, which is happening in the current canon. It tells the story of two kids that know each other from the same planet. They get recruited by the Empire to uh, learn how to fly TIE fighters at the Imperial Academy. So in a way, very much uh, like Biggs, was planning on going to the Imperial Academy, um, kind of believing the, the 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 alternate reality of the Empire that the you know the Emperor is a good guy and we're saving the universe from chaos and these rebels are just uh, you know uh, discontented, dis disillusioned people that uh, are are just causing they're in the way of progress and order and stability. So you know we're we're going to be pilots for a good cause, and then one of them. So they meet in during their years at the Imperial Academy again. There's a bit of a romance also starting. And then one uh, becomes a rebel and and steps out of the out of the the, the empire and, and then the two of course become opponents. The one is a pilot for the rebels and the other one is a pilot for the for the empire. Fantastic idea. That should be a movie in itself. But it's a it's a Star Wars novel. I'm now at page 100. The book itself has 400 pages. It is now, I'm recording this on December the 30th. So I still have about 24 hours, less than 24 hours to finish the other 300 pages. So you know what I'm going to do when I'm done with this podcast. I'm going to try to finish this book. And then I have, uh, of course, a huge list on Goodreads of other books uh, that I've read. Very diverse mix. Uh, it's basically anything. Sometimes I was in the mood for a short story by Tolkien. Other times I read uh, like a, a good uh, novella by uh, Stephen King. I read some bigger books as well. Um, the, uh, you know, Wheel of Time stuff, The Great Hunt. That was by far the biggest book that I read this year. It's about 650 pages. <laughs> that was tough. Uh, but I also uh, uh, read a lot of um, kind of motivational books. So I read a couple of those classic books by uh, Tony Robbins. And then just recently, a few books that really have taught me a lot of important stuff. Just what's the right thing to hear uh, by Gary John Bishop, who is a Scottish uh, coach. I mean, not a sports coach, but a, a, a human coach. Um and he reads his own books with this delightful Scottish accent. And he's a, like a no-nonsense guy. Basically, a lot of what he says is, you know, roll with the punches. Stop complaining. And he's addressing, I think, this, this generation of people that were born, uh, you know, after the year 2000. And, and uh, but a lot of what he says is also uh, can, can be applied to any, any person. Uh, and and they were the absolute kick in the you know what for me that I needed to hear at that moment. So it has really helped me in these difficult weeks 
uh, of, of discernment and what should I do. And my tendency is always to blame other people for the things that go wrong. And he's like, basically, oh, but uh, stop doing that and take a responsibility for your own life, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Yes, I just loved it. I laughed out loud so many times. So those books are great. Uh, I loved reading Stephen King. Stephen King, uh, there's this one story, and it's called the, um, the Gingerbread Girl. And it's not a very long book, but it, it was just, I was, it was the right book at the right time for me. Uh, and then there is one book that I was really impressed by. Um, it's called... In, in Dutch, uh, it's, it's written by Rutger Bregman, who is the son of a, of a Protestant pastor. He himself doesn't believe anymore, but he wrote a book about how most people are actually good. And a lot of the things that we have heard, uh, a lot of theories about humanity being evil, according to him, just from his, from his story, he's an historian, from if you look at the facts, it's these stories don't add up. They're, they're 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 misleading you on on the nature of people. And so his entire hypothesis is people are most people are good, and of course there are people that are messing it up. But but there's mankind is and and that was I think a very optimistic message that we need to hear and need to be reminded of in these times where we tend to focus on everything that's wrong. And, and we lose our trust in humanity. Star Wars brought it back <laughs> for many of us. But also, uh, this book, um, it's also uh, translated in English. And I would highly recommend it. And the English title is Humankind, A Hopeful History. So Humankind, A Hopeful History. I'll link to it in the show notes. If there's one book you you want to read this year, well, this year, or in the next year, start with this, Humankind, A Hopeful History. It is amazing, and it's such an important thing, especially, I think, for Catholics to be reminded of. Catholic anthropology, so the study of, of the Catholic view on, on humanity and what m- mankind is all about. So Catholic anthropology has always differentiated itself from Protestant uh, anthropology or or agnostic anthropology by being extremely optimistic. We are made in the image of God. So there's, a, there's more good in us than there is bad. And what is bad in us, or our tendencies to do evil, can easily be repaired thanks to confession and baptism and stuff like that. <coughs> so... I think that despite the fact that the author is not Catholic, he's actually is way more Catholic than he than he knows. <laughs> so it's a, it was this book has been a revelation for me. And he also says some stuff about faith and his view on religion. I would I would love to go into a debate with him about that because I think that I I really respect his line of thinking, but I think he's he's making he's his conclusions are based on the wrong premises uh, when it comes to the role of religion. But anyway, look it up. Humankind, a hopeful history. It is the number one book in the Netherlands. It's been a huge success. And that also s- tells you something, right? Hey, there is much more on my list. A lot of books that I'm going to review, but I'm going to do that in the weeks to come.
I always, I will always have something for the book section from now on. The scientifically wonderful world of science. What sort of science? Welcome back, science friends. Science. Well, actually, this is a, just a continuation of uh, of the segment, the book segment, because I wanted to talk about two scientific experiments that you probably have heard of in one way or another. But the, the, both of these two experiments are be, are have been debunked by Rutger Bregman in, in his book. And these two famous scientific experiments were uh, have been adopted very broadly um, to prove, basically, that people are evil. And you... Well, let me just go into some details here. The first experiment is called the Stanford Prison Experiment. This was done in, uh, in August of the year 1971, and it, it involved a struggle between prisoners and prison officers. What was the idea? Volunteers were assigned to be either guards or prisoners by the flip of a coin in a mock prison. They were told, you're part of an experiment, and you're going to be a guard, you're going to be a prisoner, etc. And then uh, several prisoners... Um, were well some some students or uh, volunteers were quick quickly quick, started to embrace their assigned roles and especially the guards were getting more and more authoritarian and cruel towards the prisoners whereas the prisoners supposedly passively accepted their their the abuse and and even started to harass other prisoners uh, who's, who's, who wanted to to stop the abuse? So, this was described in so many psychology textbooks, but it turns out the entire methodology was wrong. There is a lot wrong with this experiment, and a lot of scientists later on have been, you know, trying to correct this. And and but the damage was already done. This was like a. a Everybody's heard about this prison experiment, but it is just, it's not scientific. It's not rigorous at all. And there are many uh, further experimentations that show actually the opposite of what this this, uh, experiment was was trying to to convey. So this was always used as an experiment that would show that, you know, people... You just tell them you're a prisoner, you're a you're a, a guard. It's okay to to torture other people, you know. Just go ahead, and people would turn from being totally normal, friendly people would turn into these cruel Nazis, and it was used also as a way to explain the cruelty of the of the Nazis themselves, uh, which is also something that that Rutger talks about in his book, also debunking our our view of how. Uh, th- this this whole Third Reich came about, and w- w- n- well, anyway, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's so interesting. And you know, he's an historian, so he very closely examines the merit of of, of these experiments, and then has to conclude it. It's just it's fake news. It is not true. Um, so there are a lot of flaws with this, but, but he he explains it so well. Another experiment that you probably have heard about. It's called the Milgram experiment. Now, this Milgram experiment was done in, um, I think, 19, in the 60s, um, in 61. What was the idea? Milgram uh, wanted to explain genocide. How 
is it possible that the Germans killed millions of people? Um, is there something in our... Is, is this a design flaw? Are we just actually very evil and we can be pushed to do very evil things as long as we think that we're doing the right thing? So what was this? The experiment was there was a, uh, a person um, behind a, a glass wall hooked up to a machine and that person could be punished with electrical shocks by another volunteer on the other side of the screen. And then there was the person who conducted the experiment telling the person who could send these electrical shocks, you know, you can just up the punishment a little bit more if the person makes a mistake. And so, even though this, uh, the, the electrical shocks were clearly causing extre extreme distress and even would almost, you know, would, would have killed someone if, if it was for real, the person who was able to send these, these punishments would go, would be more cruel and cruel all the time. So, you know, if, if, if the experiment was real, um, could have killed the other person. It was a. It was a. It was meant. The message of this experiment was: you see, people follow orders, even though something in the back of their mind tells them I'm I'm doing the wrong thing. As long as they feel that they are, you know, doing what is expected of them, you can push them to do basically the most evil things. That experiment too had very serious design flaws. Also, the way in which the, the results were communicated, there were, were a lot of you know things that were not kosher about it and again it's a it's something that we all have heard about but it's wrong this is this is not true and so rutger in his book goes through all these ideas that we have about humanity you know the the story of the the lord of the flies right these kids on an island that start to murder each other that's a fictional story but he debunks the assumptions behind that story and says, well, that's just not going to happen. If you put people in a, in a situation of distress, most normal people will start to help each other. And, and so that's why I think this is an important book in these COVID times, because we, we tend to be, we, some people want us to believe that, that everybody's evil, that everybody's egotistical, and the only way to restore law and order is by restoring law and order. But that's not true. Look around. Not everyone is evil. Yes, there are some people that are panicked and afraid. It's not, but most people are good. I want to believe that. And I'm happy that there is a scientist and historian who actually proves with very specific um, examples that this is, uh, that this is far more likely uh, likely. I would say this anthropology is much more, you know, provable than the opposite that all people are evil. So, um, so even when people are forced to do evil, which is kind of the message of the uh, Ingr Milgram experiment, um, it's probably incorrect. Like, there's a lot of people who will resist this pressure to do evil. Anyway, read it for yourself. One of the best books that I've read in a decade. Um, let's go to the technology section of the show. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you've plugged in a new device. 
and it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. There is one. There's always one more thing. In my life, in the Apple part of my life, uh, there is one more thing that came in the mail, and I was so happy that it made it to, to mainland Europe, uh, is my new keyboard for the iPad Pro 12.9. This is... Uh, I love my iP iPad uh, Pro, and I'm so glad I went with the 12.9 inch because it's, uh, it's so lovely. I got the, uh, the pencil... Uh, got the refurbished one. So Apple, from time to time, will, uh, if people send back stuff because it's, you know, they don't like it or it's faulty, Apple takes it back. They will repair it. It will be rigorously upgraded, etc. And then they sell it for like a fraction of the price. So I got this one for, a v got a very good deal on the Apple side. All the Apple pencils were sold out in, in a, you know, in a matter of hours. But I got one. It's fantastic. I love my Apple Pencil. And then I got this Logitech case. So I wanted to something to protect my iPad. Um, and the Logitech, the, you of course know about the, the uh, Magic Keyboard, right? That Apple sells where the screen is floating above the keyboard. That thing is the price of a small PC. It's like 400 bucks. And I love my iPad, but I'm not going to pay 400 bucks for just a keyboard. Sorry. And then I, I went to, I looked around. Are there any alternatives? Something that can protect my iPad, but can also uh, enable me to use it as a laptop in case I need to travel, for instance. And so I found this Logitech keyboard, the Folio. But it was still expensive. It was still, I think, like 100-something 100, 100 euros. That's quite pricey, but, it, you know, the tests were very good. And, you know, this is, and I was like, well, maybe I can find a deal there, too. I was lucky with the pencil. So I looked around, and lo and behold, on the UK the, uh, website of Amazon, I find a brand new one. They, Amazon has this um, Amazon warehouse. Well, basically, it's if someone opens a box, sends it back, or they get something for, I don't know, Christmas, and they don't like it, or they already have it, they send it back. They can't sell it as new, but they will sell it at the Amazon warehouse. And you can get some pretty good deals there, because I paid, um, what was it, £17.95 for this. Pounds, English pounds. And right now, pounds, euros... Pretty good, you know, almost on parody because of the situation of the Brexit, etc. Um, so, I think in total, I had to pay shipping costs because I don't have Amazon Prime for the English store. So, I, I paid 25 bucks. for some, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so... This is for a person from Holland. It's the best thing. I got my keyboard. <laughs> I got this one. And it works really really well there's a great keyboard it feels like the the apple keyboard but instead of paying 400 bucks i paid 25 bucks but then they were sending it and then all of a sudden you got like there was no traffic between the uk and mainland europe because of this uh, mutant uh virant virus the, the mutated uh variant of um well that's doubles uh, the mutated coronavirus was highly contagious. Um, so they closed the borders. There were like thousands of, of trucks waiting to be able to cross the, the sea. 
I was like, oh, no, there's, there's my keyboard. It turns out they flew it to, to Germany, and then from Germany it was brought here. So I got that this yesterday. I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. I'm so glad this. I love my iPad. I love it even more. Anyway, that was my little, my little tech uh, iPad case that I wanted to share with you. Super excited about it. Um, that's about it for today's show. I want to end with a big thank you. Thank you to all of you that are currently uh, following my chat here in the chat room. Um, I want to be, I'm so grateful for the, for the YouTube and the Facebook community. They've been so supportive. Um, and even more than supportive, they've been like kind people. That This community is what I've always hoped and wished this community would be. It's a, a, a place where you're safe, where there's a moderator. Sometimes it's Inga, right now it's Margot. So you know that if there are trolls or whatever, or people that are uh, trying to gaslight you, you're safe. We're, we're going to make sure that this is a family-friendly, cool atmosphere where you can just be yourself. And uh, that's what this YouTube community has been, and also the Facebook community uh, for this past year. And I think COVID has brought us together even more closely. Um, I, I particularly want to say a huge thank you to my patrons. Um, that is a subset of the community that I was mentioning. It's the same people, but there are a number of people that are uh, sponsoring me on a monthly basis. And uh, we gather with that community on Discord. That was also new. Never used Discord before. Uh, but it's a great place, especially we've got a kitchen over there. And oh my gosh, like every day I get like 10 ideas for for recipes. Um, and there's a, such a cool vibe. It's a little, feels a bit like the old times when I was still doing shows for SQPN. And we would have these chats on, on, on Saturday afternoon and we would record Catholic Weekend or another show. And we would just hang out with people in the chat. Well, Discord kind of has that same vibe. I love it there. And, but it's, I love it there because I love the people there. Um, at the beginning of this show, I briefly touched upon the stuff that is happening right now and the changes in my life. I only told you maybe 5%. This has been a really challenging, testing year, sometimes very difficult, sometimes downright scary. But I think that I made the most of the situation thanks to you. Because I had a community that I knew and know is supporting me and that I can also support myself just by being what I am, by doing what I do. Uh, having, for instance, the walk as almost my, <laughs> my confession moment where I try to be as transparent as I can, where I can share with you what's going on in my life, but I can also think about it and I don't always have the solution I, I, I don't always know where my life is going I figure it out just like you are figuring it out sometimes but having a community to share that with has been tremendous and there are some people some special people in my life that have that are part of the bigger community that have reached out to me on a personal level you know who you are and that have been an, a tremendous support in the darkest moments of this year, when I was most frightened, most insecure, when I was most miserable. These people have literally pulled me through and 
their advice, their support, sometimes also their pushback, their criticism, their, hey, but you're saying this, but I'm not going to go along with you. It's been of, of more value to me than anything before. This, this year has been difficult, but has also been maybe the, one of the richest years that I've gone through. And that is thanks to you. So at the end of this year, I want to thank you for who you are, for what you've done, for your the, the way also the questions that I get, the things that people are, are sharing and the vulnerability that some people have shown and have dared to show. I can only be grateful for that because no one forced you to be open and no one forces you to be kind. You just are. You're good people. I could, I could write a book just like Rutger did about, you know, most people are good. I can tell you that. I've got 27,000 of them on YouTube. And they're good people. Yeah, there's the occasional jerk and the occasional dark side, uh, <laughs> you know. But it's nothing compared to the goodness that I've seen in the people that I that I communicate with. And that gives me faith for the next year. If so much beauty can happen in this very testing year, 2021 is going to be so awesome. I'm going to be there. I hope you're going to be there with me as well. But know that I'm immensely grateful. Words cannot express it. But I've got your back. I'm praying for you. I'll be there for you as much as I can. And I thank you in advance that you will be there for me in 2021. Take care. Stay healthy. Um, my best wishes for uh, for the upcoming uh, year. If you're afraid, don't worry. You're not alone. If you're sick, we're going to pull you through. If you despair or you don't know, you're insecure, lean on us. And we hope that from time to time we can, we can lean on each other in this wonderful community. Thank you for the privilege of your time and uh, have a wonderful end of the year celebration and i will see you soon soon next year just around the corner all right take care god bless may the force be with you live long and prosper Hey, for those of you that are still listening, kudos to you. You just found the secret segment of the show. <laughs> you know, a couple of times, a couple of episodes ago, I did the language section and I was trying to do all these accents. Hey, this is the bonus segment of 2020. I'm just going to do some, some different languages and accents here. So first of all, my best wishes in French. Je voudrais vous souhaiter une très belle année en 2021 et j'espère que vous seriez là euh, malgré le fait que je ne parle presque jamais en français mais sache que je vous aime que j'apprécie le fait que il y a des français des francophones de, Bel de Belgique euh, vous êtes fantastique et ça me permet de ça, ça 
Ça me donne l'occasion de parler en français de temps en temps. Well, that was French. <laughs> so now I'm going to speak a little bit in Dutch for my Dutch listeners. I'm going to use the Rotterdam accent. Hartstikke bedankt dat jullie hebben geluisterd. Nou, ik ga het een beetje overdrijven, maar dit is echt super Rotterdams. Maar dat praat ik normaal gesproken nooit. Daar ben ik ook niet echt mee opgegroeid, maar het is wel een beetje de gebied in Nederland waar ik vandaan kom. Maar uh, nee, heel hartelijk dank ook voor de Nederlandse luisteraars. Ik weet dat het soms een beetje vermoeiend is om altijd maar naar die Engelstalige uh, verhalen van mij te luisteren. Ik praat snel en ik praat veel, veel te veel. En dat kan wel eens vermoeiend zijn. En als er mensen zijn die af en toe denken... Kan het nou niet eens een keertje in het Nederlands? Sorry. Maar uh, ja, je moet ergens de taal spreken... die de meeste mensen wel min of meer kunnen volgen. Dus dat is Engels. All right, that was my Dutch segment. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just going to do one for... I've got a few people from uh, Flanders. From Belgium. Uh, so I'm going to speak a little bit in their accent. I hope I'm not going to offend them. I'll, I try to not make fun of them. Eh... <laughs> uh, Heel hartelijk dank ook aan mijn Belgische luisteraars. Uh, ik vind het altijd ontzettend leuk dat er... Ja, dat is een beetje moeilijk voor mij om een, een Vlaams accent te doen, want ik moet ineens van het Nederlands overschakelen naar het Vlaams. En ik, ik ben natuurlijk niet van Vlaanderen. Hè. Ik heb wel in België gewoond vijf jaar lang, maar dat was in Louvain-la-Neuve. Ja, daar spreken ze Frans. Hè. Dus het enige wat ik een beetje zo kan nadoen is het accent wat ik ken van mijn uh, nichtje en neefje. Die wonen in uh, Antwerpen. Maar allee, heel erg bedankt dat u ook uit België meeluistert. En ik zal mijn best doen om in de toekomst nog eens een keertje echt een beetje dat Vlaams te leren. Maar uh, heb medelijden met mij. En ik, het is niet om grappig te doen of zo. Ik probeer dat echt, als ik ergens ben, probeer ik ook een beetje die, ja, dat accent over te nemen. Maar ik, ik weet dat dat niet altijd goed lukt. Ik ben maar een Hollander. Allee, heb medelijden met mij. Bedankt voor het luisteren. Allee, so that was... Um My attempt to do a little bit of a Flemish accent. What else can I do? German. I'm so bad at German. I apologize. Uh, I don't even dare to speak German because I'm going to mess it up and it's just not very good. Um, vielen Dank. Für, uh, yeah, that I get stuck again. Well, you know what? Thank you. From Germany, if you're from Austria, all these German-speaking lang- uh, countries, I hope that, that soon my German will improve a little bit <laughs> so, just so hard uh, what else, I don't know Polish, thank you um, I, I need to wrap up the music is finished, hey, more languages next year <laughs>